Hello there and welcome to Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. Anne-Marie Miles here. It is great to have you with me again this week. So our subject, I'm going to talk about some of the lies that I have told myself about food over the years. Now, I'm sure I'm not shattering any illusions when I tell you that calories don't fall out of broken biscuits. Food from other people's plates still have calories. We all know the gags, don't we? Nothing counts on a Friday. The fruit and the apple pie will cancel out the sugar in the pastry. If it's a gift, there's no calories. If it's made by a blind Tibetan monk, it'll get rid of your crow's feet. Please be aware, other clergy from other countries are available. And of course, we've all chuckled along with those jokes over the years, even though we know they're not true. I think my issue was that I lived as if they were true. <laughs> as if you could eat a broken biscuit and it wouldn't matter. In fact, you know, you could be taking the biscuits out of the shopping bag, give them a quick elbow and a quick smush. Oh, no, I've broken some. Excellent. Calorie-free biscuits. But really, I think I acted as if those little white lies, little funny lies that we've laughed about, I acted as if they were true. But the first real lie that I wanted to share today is the one that says, treat yourself, you deserve it. And that's not saying that I don't think we should treat ourselves. I think we should, absolutely. It's the deserve it bit that doesn't really sit right with me because food is not a reward, or I don't think it should be anyway. Food can be a fabulous experience. I mean, there's nothing worse than a tasteless dry dinner. It's a wonderful thing to share it with other people. And we've missed it, haven't we? You know, during this time of lockdown, we've missed going out for meals and going to people's houses and sharing lunch and dinner. And it's a fantastic experience to eat together. But food itself is just fuel. It's the stuff that keeps our bodies going. It's It gives us energy to do all the things that we need to do. It's not something that we deserve but it is something that we need. It's like saying, oh, go on. Listen, you've been so helpful to me today. Have another lung full of oxygen. Go on. Do you deserve it? You've earned it. You haven't earned it. You need it. You need oxygen in your lungs to survive. I certainly had to change my mindset about food to find a way to enjoy it without that sense of entitlement that came with it. I mean, now I actually only eat the things that I like. If I don't like something, I won't eat it. Now, I know that sounds silly, but I used to just eat everything, everything that was put in front of me. You know, you clean your plate, you clear your plate, no matter what. But I want to enjoy food. I want to enjoy the experience of food. Every morsel I eat, I want to enjoy it. But I don't want to feel like I do or don't deserve it. I think what happened is I made food everything and nothing all at the same time. And it was just detrimental to my health and my well-being. And it ruined things for me. It really did. The important thing is that we eat for the right reasons. That we eat because we're hungry. We eat to fuel our bodies. We eat to strengthen ourselves and to give ourselves nutrition. So then that all comes into what are we eating? Are we eating stuff that is fueling us? Are we eating stuff that is good for us and giving us, you know, the nutrients that we need and do need a certain amount of carbohydrate. We do need a certain amount of protein. We do need a certain amount of fat. But balancing our levels and balancing our portions is really, really important. I mean, for way too long, 
I ate because I was sad or because I was happy or because I was lonely or because I was afraid or because I was grieving or celebrating. I mean, the list could just go on. For too long, I was eating for emotional uplift using sugar to make me feel happy. I know what sugar did to me and what it does to me now. It gives a great hit, you know, it gives a great boost. And when I gave up sugar and gave up eating things like Haribo jellies and ice cream and stuff like that and moving to lower carb treats, I mean, I grieved for sugar at the beginning. But the fact that I deserve it, the fact that I deserve a treat, I think is a lie. I think it's a lie for me. I have it because I want it. Uh, I will make a decision to eat it or not, but I don't deserve it or not deserve it. Food is fuel. And like I said, the experience of sharing food with others is a wonderful experience. But the food itself, the stuff on the plate is not something I deserve. So the second lie that I've told myself is a little bit won't make any difference. Sure, another little bit won't make any difference. And it it gave me permission to pick during the day, which is a terrible habit that I got into over the years. Just have a little bit of that or a little sliver off that cake or, you know, just a slice of toast in the middle of the afternoon. And, you know, you add all those things up and basically you've eaten the equivalent of an extra meal in the day. And again, for me, it was finding a balance between deciding that this is the way I'm going to run my day. This is the way I'm going to eat my food. This is the way I'm going to mark out what I'm doing. And for somebody like me who struggles with uh, emotional eating and, and sometimes compulsive eating, finding a balance between having the freedom to make a decision, but actually being aware that picking during the day is just it's not helpful. It does matter a little bit here and a little bit there does matter. It builds up, especially if we're not aware of it, if we're not taking into account what we're having. Where are we now? We are on episode eight of the podcast. So you're probably thinking, well, this girl must be seven and a half stone now. She's got so much wisdom. She's shared so many tips and tricks. She must fall through the cracks of the floorboards. She's so skinny. Uh, No, actually, that is not the case. This is advice that I have not always taken myself. I am in a process. I suppose I'm in a process of recovery. I was chatting with somebody who was uh, was on a coaching call with somebody the other day. And, you know, they were they were really challenging me in a positive way, challenging me to make sure that I'm addressing the reasons behind my overeating. It's not enough to just be aware of them. It's not enough to just be aware that I overeat when I'm lonely or when I'm sad or that I associate food with company and fun and family. When I'm lonely or when I'm down, then I use food then to bring back those feelings. It's not enough just to be aware of that. I need to actually deal with that. And I have been and intend to continue doing that. And maybe I need to be a bit more proactive on that because my weight loss stalled during lockdown and I'm finding it really hard to, to get going again. But part of the reason for this podcast is to really encourage those who have that ongoing long term struggle with weight loss, who have known the ups and the downs and the stalling and and being in the doldrums where nothing seems to be happening and nothing seems to be shifting. And you've kind of gone off the boil on the healthy eating program. I still want to 
you know, share to encourage us all, including myself, to keep going. And I think one of the ways we can do that is to look at these lies that we tell ourselves and some of them, you know, we've had a bit of a laugh about them and oh, isn't it hilarious? And I, you know, I do remember actually, seriously, a real life conversation with somebody who tried to convince, okay, I I don't want to name names, (laughs) with uh, a person who tried to convince that basically apple tart and apple pie and cream was the same as a jam sandwich. The pastry, the pastry was basically just bread. It was flour and butter and sugar. I mean, the the apples in the apple pie, I mean, you know, that was just just like jam. And the cream, well, cream is just butter in another form. So basically having an apple pie and cream was like having a jam sandwich. And (laughs) uh, it was just that kind of logic, that uh, twisted logic. I was going, no, I mean, I wasn't part of the conversation. I was just an eavesdropper to the conversation but I was thinking no 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 that's not the case but we can we can do that we can we can kind of kid ourselves a little bit that oh well you know it won't matter it won't matter just a little bit or it won't matter whatever and oh go on you deserve it you know you've been good all week you've stuck to your plan all week absolutely go out and eat 20 Mars bars you deserve it well done you you're just undoing it, aren't we? We're just undoing all the good work that we've done during the week. I mean, I love a treat. I absolutely, you know, and I do have a treat at the weekend, but not because I deserve it. I, I, I just don't, you know, I don't, I, I don't do or do not deserve it, if you know what I mean. So we need to be careful of the, uh, the fibs that we tell ourselves. And there's one other that I think has been really unhelpful over the years. And it's, if I have something nice, I'm being bold. And if I choose not to, I'm being good. There's no piety in this. There's no brownie points. (laughs) There's no brownies. (laughs) And there's no brownie points, but there are points in brownies. But anyway, uh, you know, there's no brownie points. If, if, if you're going to have something nice, and I, th- I I think I've shared this before, haven't I? You know, choose to have it or don't choose to have it. Make a choice wisely, but make a choice and go ahead. You're not a good or a bad person if you decide to have something. Uh, would you like something with your coffee? No, I'm grand. Oh, you're very good. Well, no, I'm just having something with my coffee. And then, of course, my husband never has anything with a cup of coffee or, well, rarely would have uh, a snack with a cup of coffee. I can't drink coffee you know, drinks too wet without one. I, if I'm going to have a coffee, I have to have something with it or else I'm not going to bother. Uh, so that's why I make my low carb bickies and then I can have, you know, one or two bickies with my coffee. But Richard would very rarely have a, a biscuit with his coffee. And, you know, we've been places where somebody would go, you know, we want something with your coffee. And of course, Rich says, no, thank. Oh, he's good, isn't he? OK, and then they come to me, you see. <laughs> Do you want something with your coffee? Uh, yeah. And then they, well, they can't say, oh, you're bold. But the inference is that because he's good, because he said no, then I'm bold because I said yes. And I just, I don't accept it. And I remember when I started to take notice, really, of how uh, people behaved around food. I remember one day I popped in to see a friend and she wasn't well and she had been given a large bag of peanut M&Ms as a present. 
So she put the kettle on and I'm eyeing the M&Ms with the adoration that they deserve, obviously. My friend proceeded to take out one of those little tiny ramekin bowls and she counted out eight or nine of the peanut M&Ms into the bowl and said, oh, it's Friday. And she threw another one in. Then she put a clip on the bag of peanut M&Ms. Now, she didn't hide them behind the gravy granules or lock them in an underground vault. She left them on the kitchen counter beside her fruit bowl. And I could not take my eyes off that bag. I just couldn't take my eyes off. And I think I dreamt about the peanut M&Ms that night. But the worst thing was, I popped back to see her about 10 days later and the bag was still there. I mean, I had studied the bag when I drank the coffee, trying to count how many were left in it. And I doubt she had opened it since I'd been there 10 days before. The fruit was new. She'd obviously eaten fruit and replaced the fruit because there was like fresh bananas in the bowl. But she had not touched the peanut M&Ms. And I don't understand how she did that. I don't understand. Like, I can't have stuff like that in the house. So it goes beyond the, oh, you're a good girl if you don't have them and you're a bold girl if you do have them. There, There is something more than that. There's something fundamentally beyond that, that I cannot resist them. It's not about the fact that she is a more well-behaved person than me, that she is a nicer person than me because she can leave a bag of peanut M&Ms on her kitchen counter and 10 days later, they are still there. That doesn't make her a nicer person than me. It just means she doesn't have an issue with sugar. She doesn't have an issue with sweets. She can have some, enjoy them, which we did enjoy our little handful of peanut M&Ms with our coffee, and then she can leave them. And they'll still be there days later. They wouldn't be there days later in this house, I can tell you. Absolutely no way. This is more than good behaviour. This is about, for me anyway, this is about compulsion and removing the temptation from me I I don't know if I'll ever not be consumed by the sight of a bag of peanut M&Ms I don't know if I will ever not be consumed by them you know I'd love to think that that would happen I don't know but it's not because I'm a bull girl and I realize that now I've shared it before, haven't I? And there's a whole episode. If you haven't been listening to the podcast up to this date, there's a whole episode on food guilt. You can go back and have a listen to it. But I, I don't hold with it. So they are just a few of the uh, lies that we can tell ourselves about food. Well, the lies that I have told myself about food over the years. And I suppose maybe I should balance that with some truth. You know, the main truth is we need it. We need food to fuel our bodies. We shouldn't starve ourselves. We shouldn't deny ourselves the food that we need. There's no point in starving ourselves for six weeks and losing a stone and then just going back to normal. What is the point? We would be better off and we are better off eating as naturally as we can. The more we eat that doesn't come out of a packet, the better. The more we eat that we've cooked ourselves or made ourselves, the better. The more fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, and if we eat meat and fish, fresh, not processed and living in the freezer. You know, the more fresh food that we eat, the better for us. The more real food that we eat, the better for us. That's probably the best truth that there is about food. Some stuff comes in packets, you know, you can't get away from that. But if we made the bulk of our eating 
from stuff that came out of the ground or stuff that was fresh, meals that we make ourselves. I've no issue with having chips. You know, I put my hand up, even though I try to be low carb, I still like chips, but make them yourself. Get a baking potato and chop it up into into sticks. Put some nice olive oil on it and bung it in the oven. Let's make it ourselves. I think the way to go is, you know, if we want a truth about food is the more natural it can be, the better it can be for us. Let's not kid ourselves anymore. Let's just say, right, I'm going to be honest with myself. I think the best thing we can do is have an honest appraisal of what we eat and how much we're eating and try and manage that the best we can and encourage one another. I thank you so much for those people who have messaged me and I suppose this is the type of subject where most of the messages I get are private messages and that's great. I love to hear from people and I've been so appreciative of those who have got in touch with me and said that they've been encouraged by me sharing some of my story and that is wonderful and let me hear some of yours. Uh, The other thing I wanted to say is that I would like to start interviewing guests for the podcast. So if you are somebody or you know of somebody that has a food journey story to share, then please get in touch with me. I would love, love, love to hear from you. I'll give you all the contact details at the end, but we've got one very important thing to do before we finish. Hey, Frankie. What is that about? (laughs) Oh yeah, what is that about? Okay, here we go. Are you ready? Christmas decorations and Christmas food already in the shops. I mean, seriously, Frankie, I'm going to have to ask you to say it again. What is that about? I mean, come on. It's not even October yet. What is going on? I mean... What are you going to do? You're going to move that stuff out of the way for the Halloween stuff. So we've got Halloween sweets and and Christmas sweets together. And then and now we've got Halloween decorations. I don't understand why there are Halloween decorations. But anyway, why? Oh, gosh, there's mince pies already. Do people not realize how hard it is for me to resist mince pies at Christmas? You want me to start resisting them in September? I do not understand why the Christmas stuff is in the shops. I remember... When I was a child in Dublin, Christmas stuff did not appear until after Halloween. And even then, it wasn't the day after Halloween. You know, it was like within a, it started to drift in in the first or second week of November. But you never saw a thing about Christmas on the telly or in the shops until it was November. And I, it's just getting earlier and earlier. I mean, the, there's a, a very nice, very posh department store in Dublin, uh, Brown Thomas, and they have a Christmas shop that they, I'm not sure if it's open all year round, but they certainly do open it in July. And I, I love Christmas, but there is absolutely no way in July I would go next near, near a Christmas shop. When it's Christmas, I am 100% full on Christmas tinsel on anything that stays still long enough. Christmas music on in the car every single time. But not until it's time. It is not time. It is too early. (sighs) Right, I've got that off my chest. So now it's time for me to go. So thank you so, 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 so much. It's been really lovely to be with you. I did promise you contact details. 
As I said, I'm hoping to interview uh, probably just once a month. We'll be start interviewing people for the podcast. If you have a weight loss journey or you know anybody with a weight loss journey to share or some encouragement uh, from the exercise point of view or some general wisdom, uh, it would be great. Let me know. So you can go to annemarie.miles. No, you can't. You can go to annemariemiles.co.uk and you can contact me through there. Uh, you can listen to other episodes of the podcast there. You can buy me a coffee if you want to. And you can let me know if you've got some feedback or if you've got somebody who has a story to tell. I'd love to hear from them. But thank you so much for listening today and I will see you and you will hear me next week. Bye bye.